truth, you literally did achieve what you thought it would take your entire adult life to achieve, and you've done it by 30. Why are you not happier? And like you said, it's about being content. Mm. And now I'm like, no, I'm content. I've, I've, I've done, you know, I've got this thing that I really, really wanted. And I, w- I should enjoy it. Yeah. I hate the word should, but you know, that's, I think we, 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 we all achieve amazing things and completely discount them because we're already looking to the next thing. Oh, massively. and welcome to the latest episode of the Learning to Be podcast. I'm Amy Holdy and this is a podcast for curious humans where I talk to incredible and inspiring guests about their journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance. The soundbite you just heard was from a conversation I had with my podcast guest Ruth, founder of the Anti-Hustle Project. I started following Ruth on Instagram a while ago and was really drawn to the way in which she spoke and how she was actively trying to challenge hustle culture, not just in her business, but also in her whole life. After living in London and working in the rat race, Ruth made the conscious decision with her partner to leave the city and start doing work she felt more passionate about at a pace that suited her so that she could have more time and flexibility to simply live life. But this dream slowly turned into a nightmare as Ruth got sucked deeper into the hustle culture, following all of the advice out there about what you need to do to set up an online business and what it means for that business to be successful. I mean, we've all been there to some extent, but what started as a passion um, to become a coach in order to support people soon became a stress-inducing chore where Ruth found herself having little or no energy for her clients due to the relentless work she took on in trying to do all of the things she was being told to do in order to become a success in inverted commas with a six-digit salary. This resulted in Ruth experiencing complete burnout and resenting her coaching work. So she closed the business and instead started to reflect on the impact hustle culture is having on all of us and whether it's actually possible to live an anti-hustle life at all. And out of this question, the anti-hustle project was born. I hadn't really heard the term hustle or side hustle until a few years ago, but now it seems to be everywhere and you actually can't get away from it, which I guess shows how much it's become ingrained in our society and way of being. And because of this, I think a lot of the things we do are part of hustle culture, but we don't even realise it, like cramming as much as possible into our lives, pushing our bodies to the limit through intense exercise or dieting, and always striving for the next thing instead of being content with the now. I'm a massive advocate of the work Ruth is doing and really enjoyed chatting to her and learning more about her journey so far. Our conversation touched on so many different topics from being open about money and how people are funding their online businesses to career and how this plays such an important part in our identity, as well as battling between wanting to earn money, but not at the expense of everything else. And the importance of actually being content rather than always looking for the next goal. So that's it from me. And now here's the episode with Ruth. I was actually, I was looking at your website last night and um, there was this brilliant bit, which I'm just going to read out. Um, So it says, now I'm not here to tell you that if you buy my handy e-course, I'll show you how to get your boundaries in place or that I can show you how to do less and earn more. I'm here because I got fed up with that shit. And I just actually love that so much because (laughs) You never, ever, ever really hear people say that, but I'm, I'm sure we're all thinking it. Yeah. And so I just wondered, like, what led you to just be like, Do you know what, I am actually so fed up with this shit. Yeah. So I, my background is I've uh, qualified as a life coach and uh, fell in love with the process of coaching and thought, yes, I'm going to start my own business. Um and it kind of coincided with my husband and I moving out of London and out to the countryside. So it was like a great opportunity for me to kind of quit the day job and start this coaching business. So I put all my eggs in the bond basket, moved somewhere completely new, started a brand new business and was just, you know, I'd had a few coaching clients, but they kind of finished their sessions and I had no new clients coming in. And it was quite 
I got quite stressed about it and was quite panicked. And so I went to the wonderful world of the internet and started finding out, you know, how to find clients online and how to structure your coaching business. And I just fell into this kind of information rabbit hole with all these people telling you, you know, you should do this to get clients. Here's my handy guide. And there was so much advice and all of it promised that their thing was the thing. And so I threw myself fully into all the advice uh, was trying everything and I was working all the hours and it just like social media took over my life and I made myself ill um, and I had a relapse of my chronic fatigue syndrome which hadn't been an issue for five years so okay. I'd been completely symptom free for five years and and trying to get this coaching business running yeah made me just burn out completely and really really ill and at that point I just I had to close the business because I was like, well, I don't have any clients. I don't have any energy. So I'm not even well enough to coach anyone. And I was just really unhappy. And it was only when I stepped back and kind of stepped out of the online space, I was just like, oh, my God, how did I get sucked into that? Yeah. Madness. And it is everyone promise. You know, there are so many people that promise you that they can help you with your business if you just buy their thing. Yeah. And it just. Yeah, once I was out of it, I suddenly was like, oh, my God, that was, yeah, intense and mad. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. And like, oh, and I realized all the ambitions I'd had for my business when I started it had just got completely sideswiped by other people's opinions. Right. Know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I'd always wanted, I knew, you know, when I first started the coaching business, I thought, well, it'll be a slow growth thing because I'm newly qualified. I'm still trying to find my way. I'll just work it out as I go, you know, get a client here, get a client there. As long as the occasional client's coming through, that will be fine. Like, I was happy for the slow growth thing. And then, like I said, you get online and people are like, how to be fully booked in 10 days and how to earn six figures in, like, six weeks. And, and you look at all these people with all this marketing and you think, well, hang on, if that's possible, why am I aiming for a client a month? Like, I could be aiming for you know, for being fully booked. And obviously my goal has been to replace the income I'd kind of given up leaving London. Yeah. And I, whereas I thought before, it'd been like, well, that'll take a while. I was like, well, no, these people are telling me I can get there quicker. Yeah. And who doesn't want to get there quicker, you know? Yeah. So, and then, yeah, afterwards I was like, oh, no, that is just all hype, probably. Mm. Yeah. 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 And were you... Were you leaving London partly to have a different way of life? As... Yes. Okay. Yeah, so um, we, my husband and I were both, we were living in right in the heart of central London, Zone 1, quite near Buckingham Palace, actually. Wow. I, yeah, I know, really, really central. But that was because I was commuting an hour out to Kent oh, and my gosh. husband was commuting to Oxford, which is oh, like an God. hour and a half yeah for our work and we were just like I mean we both had our own businesses and they were both doing really well so financially we were earning amazing money and like it on the outside it was that thing it looked like I was working I'd got down to working three days a week in my business and still had the money to live in you know London and as you know anyone that's lived in London it's not cheap <laughs> um and on the outside it looked like this thing but I kind of I hated my work right and I was doing it just purely for the money yeah. and the commute was just killing my husband it was just it's a you know 90 minute commute is a long way yeah it is and we'd always knew that we wanted to leave the city and we just thought well basically it was like well I don't like my job so if I leave my job and we can then move to the countryside have that lifestyle we really wanted dogs and yeah. you know space and, and my husband had grown up in Devon so he really wanted to get back to kind of country living um and it, so it just made sense at the time yeah to, yeah and obviously moving out of the city cut our expenses quite considerably so I was able to kind of take the pay cut and things yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah, be so like go and yeah and so I guess it was an opportunity to start building this life that you actually wanted not yeah. just a life focused on salary and yeah. and a lifestyle that can you can live on with that with yeah. that salary and yeah. then like ironically then getting sucked into like another kind of idea of what success yeah looks like yeah 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that I always thought was mad about it. Like, I'd the, the big driver for me was I always wanted to do work that felt meaningful. Yeah. And my previous business, like I said, it just didn't, it was soul-destroying work. It just wasn't, it was all about profit margins yeah. and, you know, redundant, you know, maybe being able to make redundancies and it just wasn't the nicest environment to work in at all. Um, and so I was really looking to do something more meaningful. And in trying to do something more meaningful, I ended up working more than I had previously. Yeah. And I, and I was like, so I'm working way more hours. I'm earning way less money. This is just madness. Yeah. And so, yeah, the anti-house project more came from a place because I was just like, am I kidding myself? Is this possible? Is it? Like, am I just, is the only way to have an online business that you have to work all the hours and you have to always be available and and that is it. And so it was more, it started just as the, I just needed to kind of answer that question. Right. Of, of is it, are people doing it? Because it's really hard to tell online. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. And there's a lot, obviously, like authenticity is the buzzword, isn't it, right now? Yeah. And it's like, the problem with that is everyone's pretending to be... Yeah authentic yeah and that's what really drew me to you and to the anti-hustle project because I think you have I think we've all got a bit of a radar haven't we and you kind of can sniff out bullshit really if you want to and I just loved the way that you were so open about one about the failure of a business you know the coaching business because actually you know sometimes people talk about failures but they've kind of talk about them when they've decided that, you know, they've already achieved the next thing or the other things already completely in place. But I really, really respected the way that you were like, do you know what? This didn't work. And I'm actually now, I've created the anti-hustle project because I'm figuring it out. Like I'm figuring out, is this other way possible? I don't know, like, let's let's try it. Join the community. Like, let's work it out together. I really like that. And I also really love your openness around... um, the financial side of things yeah I think I read in one of your blogs it was like um you know you you said I I don't earn enough from the anti-hustle project to live off of this yeah I do some consultancy you know my partner's got a well-paid job and again you don't you don't hear those stories do you and I wonder why like why do you think we just are people afraid or what is it so so at, at the point of recording this, and the anti-hustle project currently makes me twenty dollars a month. I'm rolling in it. So seriously, <laughs> rolling in it. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, like two months ago, it made me zero dollars a month. So I'll take yeah. my twenty dollars. Do you and know what? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a small step. Um, but I think yeah. I so I remember when I was in my coaching business, listening to a podcast, and I can't remember who said it, but he was. The, the person being interviewed was saying about how you have to put that positive spin on everything. You have to make it seem like everything's going fine because no one wants to work with a coach that's struggling. And it's that, yeah, you have to. And I really bought into that. And I remember even when my coaching business was completely failing, being like, yeah, it's good. And <laughs> like everything's ticking along. And really what I wanted to say was like, this is making me miserable. Yeah. Which was the whole thing I was not trying to do but you just feel like yeah you have to fake it till you make it and so again I was just like I just don't want to anymore yeah definitely and what I needed when I was struggling in my coaching business I actually needed someone to say you know like oh I've, I've only got one client I'm not making money I have had to do other work um but and there are a few people that do talk about having other jobs but like you say they only talk about them once they're a big success yeah in inverted commas um and they love that that narrative of I was I mean it's a very American thing but I was down and out with my last five dollars in my bank account sleeping on my friend's couch and now I earn six figures and they use it as a marketing thing whereas I was like I don't want to use this as a like a marketing tool I just want to be really honest so anyone else that is struggling to make money in their business knows that they're not alone yeah yeah, because yeah. I always feel like, I mean, maybe this is because people who are in that sort of middle phase, and because I completely classify myself being in this weird phase where it's like, I'm certainly not 
earning any money from my business it's 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 a way it's it's a labor of love at the moment you know what I mean I'm like this is my vision for it Uh, I don't have any clients um I don't quite know what it's maybe going to be yet but like you don't really hear people talking about that and it's like is that just because they're not big enough to be you don't come across them because I don't know but I think it's kind of damaging yeah for your spirit and also for your mental health to feel like well once I've got the idea I have to then make it straight away and it's like that's that's it stupid but it's this narrative that we've all kind of been fed isn't it yeah I, I kind of come to the opinion now that I think there are different types of business owners. And so there will be people that will go out there and will start a business with the sole objective of wanting to earn money. And then there are business models you can follow and they will do that very quickly. You can, it is possible. And I'm like, that is great. Mm. If that's what you want to do, like that's wonderful. But the Anti-Hustle Project is for those people that do want a labor of love, a meaningful yeah. business. And it's about more than the income. It's about doing something that feels purposeful. That's what I always come back to. Because like like my previous business, like I said, I was working three days a week. I was earning incredible money from it. And it was so niched that like people still ring me to offer me work. Right. So I didn't even have to market myself. I just had to put my CV on LinkedIn. And that was it. Like the easiest business model. But like I said, it was soul destroying. (laughs) Yeah. So and I just don't want to be one one of those people that's like well I'll do the soul destroying thing for I don't know 20 years and then I'll retire I'm like mm. no I want to enjoy my life as I'm living it not like delaying it yeah and so it's always been for me that's the thing it's like those people that want their work to be as meaningful but also yeah profitable yeah yeah and yeah I, I guess like I really relate to uh, a lot of what you've said and I think that's probably partly why I'm so drawn to the the content that you put out online um but I I mean I wasn't earning crazy amounts of money but I was earning a really good salary and you know I had this career that I was quite well established in but like you I just felt like it was it was soul destroying and it it really started to impact my mental health and I was like I've got to get out um yeah. of this situation and I want to do something more meaningful and I guess the last four years of my life I've trying to I've been trying to explore like what that might look like yeah but when I did leave that well-paid you know career yeah even though I hated it I felt like I had a bit of an identity crisis oh yeah because I was like for so long, I hadn't really realised like how much that job and that career and that life had played a role in my identity. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I that kind of shocked me. And I wondered if you like had experienced anything similar or how you feel about that now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, when I closed the coaching business, I think that was the final nail in the coffin for my complete identity crumble. Mm. Um, and so before... I've had such a convoluted career history. I actually trained to be a speech and language therapist. Okay. Uh, my plan had always been to work in the NHS to, you know, help children with their speech. Like I was very passionate about it. Like I felt very meaningful. I loved the qualification. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I came out of my qualification during, you know, austerity and budget cuts, and there just weren't a lot of jobs. And the jobs that were out there didn't weren't a good fit for me. And so. I ended up with my own business really because I needed to earn money and that was the the consultancy business and because it was a skill I had that people were willing to pay me for and like I said that was soul destroying so like that was like the first hit was I'd always thought I had this meaning in my life that was like being a speech therapist and that was gone and then I was in this work I hated and I kind of had told myself it's because I'm not doing something meaningful so I started the coaching business to be like well this is my meaningful thing and then I like I said it's still it made me ill and so it was just like I I lost all sense of who I was and what I wanted yeah. and it like I said I think it completely because it wasn't working and I just started looking outside of myself to other people to be like what do what is possible mm. and actually it was it that it's it started with such like a nice intention of like well what's possible let's go see what's out there yeah let's go see what I could 
But then if everyone's telling you what's possible is to like work 20 hours a week and earn six figures, you suddenly think, well, that's what I want. And you, and it, yeah, just lost all sense of who I was completely. Yeah. yeah. And so it was, yeah, really quite hard. And that was, you know, when I closed that business, um, kind of doing the personal work was the priority even over that's why I didn't with the anti-hustle project it was mostly started like I said as a space for me just to explore mm. those things that were still kind of knew I wanted to keep writing mm. um, which is why yeah I've been up front from the beginning to be like you know I'm not making money from it and I don't have the answers and I'm just tr- still trying to figure it out for myself yeah definitely definitely yeah. but I think yeah I think hanging your identity on work is a huge thing for a lot of people and it's actually probably problematic to a lot of people's mental health yeah um but we just don't I, I don't know many people that are talking about it yeah yeah all. I think maybe as well it's when you have kind of been successful as a woman in you know a really well-paid job and stuff like that I don't yeah. know whether it I'm literally just thinking out loud right now but I don't know whether that's also like a it's kind of got another angle to it, hasn't it? Because you've kind of been used to like paying your way and yeah. it's it's hard to yeah. to make it in certain careers and to earn the salary and whatnot. Yeah. And then if you've decided to opt out of that life, whether there's a part of you that feels like, oh God, like have I let the side down or I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that is a huge, um, I actually wrote a blog article kind of in response to that called okay. like how to, how to be financially empowered when you're not the breadwinner, which was all based out of, I read an article and it was um, uh, Sarah Tasker of me and Orla was talking about kind of what happened in her marriage when she suddenly became the breadwinner and like how it affected the relationship status quo. And as I read it, the thing I kept thinking was like, I'm never going to be the breadwinner because my husband, what he does and what he wants to pursue and the choices he makes in his life just means I'm never going to earn more money than him because I want completely different things Mm. and the reason we work as a couple is because we balance each other out so I make him rest more and he makes me slightly more ambitious and driven and actually so and I like so often I worry like am I not ambitious enough am I not driven enough should I be aiming for more money I mean my husband bless him he's always like no because you balance me out he's like if you went the other way he's like I'd work myself to burnout he's like it's great that we but it is really hard because it feels like the narrative is is the only way to get the equality is to earn the same amount or more. Yes. And that was a huge thing for me because I was, you know, when we were in London, we earned exactly the same amount pretty much. And then I, you know, I stepped out of it and mm. was like, no, I don't want to do that. And I mean, I always say there's no such thing as, as too much money. Like, you know, you can't, people always want to earn more because we live in a society very driven by it. And so I would like to earn lots of money. I'm not saying I don't, but I just don't want to earn it at the cost of everything else. Yes, exactly. And I, and I feel that puts you then in a real disadvantage. And I think, like you said, as a woman as well, it feels like you're letting the side down. You're like, oh, am I just buying into like normative gender roles? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, why should I push myself to earn loads of money just to try and prove I'm a feminist? <laughs> or like... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just like questioning. But yeah, I'd love to earn loads of money, but I also really love to like cuddle my dogs and <laughs> be happy. Have naps. Yeah. <laughs> like I need a lot of sleep. That's how it is. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's so complicated, isn't it? And yeah. I guess like, you know, the fundamental thing is that we are defined by how much we earn and what we do. Yeah. You know, it's the f- I've, I've written about this because it really pisses me off. It's like the first thing that people ask you is, oh, what do you do? And it's yeah. like, you know, I always, I really struggle to answer that question because I'm like, well, yeah. I freelance, I'm starting my own business, I write, I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one thing anymore. No. I'm, I'm trying... Yeah to explore different things and I am lots of different things and you know my what I earn now I literally earn what I need because I've decided that actually I just want to have the time that's the most important thing to me to explore these other things that I hope will one day come into fruition um but yeah ultimately we are all defined by our salary and people make these judgments on you as soon as they meet you based on what you do and how much you earn and 
how do you like what do you say to people when you meet them how do you describe what you do um, do you know what it really varies person to person yeah. day to day and how I'm feeling so I don't have a concise answer I think probably now if someone asks I just say I'm the founder of the anti-hustle project yeah because that that doesn't really explain anything so they tend to then <laughs> ask more questions so I can actually explain but like so I do I do multiple things um and like one of my biggest one of my biggest learnings actually is because although the anti-hustle project doesn't make me money I am doing stuff that earns me income. It just it, it isn't. I don't trade my time for money yes. at the moment. So we have a, like a holiday rental we rent out, and I manage that. But it's not like a, a direct correlation. Like oh, I worked three hours on it this week, therefore I get yeah. this salary back. And it took me so long to get my head round that just because I wasn't earning an hourly salary didn't mean that I wasn't earning money. Yes. And I kept saying to people like oh, I I don't you know I don't I don't work. Which is not true because I do so much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just not paid like hour. Yeah. By... And I'm like, yeah, isn't it funny how like as we hang what we do on the thing and also that then it then translates to it has to be you're trading your time for money. Yes. Oh, th- this is um, making me think about so much at the moment as well because I, I had a little girl in December yeah. and... Um, so I, so me and my partner decided that I would take a bit of time out of paid work yeah. to look after her um, until August. And then yeah. he's going to look after her and I'm going to go back to earn a yeah. bit of money. And I was struggling so much with this because when she was just born, like in those first few months, it was like, I kept feeling like I needed to be doing something else other than looking yeah. after her because yeah. I kind of didn't value the fact that I was still doing a massive job. Yeah. The, the biggest job I've ever done. Yeah. But I was like, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm not yeah. doing anything. And it yeah. was because of, it must be because of that correlation of like, ultimately yeah. no one was paying me to yeah. look after her. And it's just like, it's, it was really weird actually. Yeah. And as a society, we're obsessed with productivity now. Like, you know, it, it's it's not enough to have a job. You have to have a side hustle. You have to be working towards your own thing. You have to be. And like, I got, I, I used to be, especially when I was in London, I got so wrapped up in that. And mm. although I like to work three days a week, everything was goal orientated and really driven. And and I think, yeah, then when you come to parenting, you can't. I've never met anyone that could like go orientate parenting it just doesn't work that way does it like a baby doesn't you can't just be like I've decided our goal is you know you'll sleep through the night in six weeks so let's go you know children don't comply exactly so I think yeah then you're put in this position where you can't be go orientated and you can't be constantly progressing and suddenly it's like oh like what yeah and I yeah and I say this a lot because I think you see this in this is not really anti-hustle but I'm fascinated by this stuff in the working world Mm. like now being in the same job six years it's like well why why haven't you moved can't be in the same company for too long have to always be going for the next promotion my dad worked in the same company pretty much all of his career and he'd apply for the job above him when it became available Mm -hmm. and if he got it he got it and I'm like god it's such a different environment now yeah because it's that always, always moving, always progressing, always, yeah. rather than being like, no, I'm quite happy. Yeah. Just to stay here where yeah. I am. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's it. And I think I, I pinged this over um, in the email to you yesterday. It's like, why is being content so uncool? Yeah. But it's like, I feel that being content is what we should all actually be striving for. Yeah. Just being happy and you know we have everything that we need but it's like no one talks about being content because it's just so yeah uncool but actually like for our mental health isn't that what we should all be trying to achieve and for our health health I mean like god knows how much research there is out there that shows stress is bad for you like too much stress is bad for you yet we carry on to perpetuating uh, environments and behaviors that keep you super super stressed out like that's why I got ill it was you know like a, a kind of very typical case of you know I was super stressed all the time and my body just went no yeah, can't keep doing this just yeah. can't can't keep because I've been really stressed in London and I moved out of London to escape the stress and then just stayed 
in the stress pattern. Except I made it harder because I made it. I decided to start an online business, which is really hard. Yeah. Everyone else will tell you it's really easy, so then you feel like you're failing. <laughs> but yeah. it is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like back to, and I think maybe I would have fared a lot better if someone had just said to me, "Yeah, it's really hard. What you're doing is really hard." Like that. Yeah. Right. So, um, so yeah, I just, I think it would be so much better for so many things if we could just accept, yeah, content and a bit more being present. Like I've, a really big thing for me has been focusing on the process and not the outcome. I like that. Yeah. So anything I do now, the question is not what am I going to get at the end of it, but like, can I sustain doing it? Mm. Um, and like how can I make something sustainable in the long run I like that that's also very mindful isn't it because you're then embracing and all of the little things that lead up to the goal if you like you're not just focusing on the goal so everything else is a bit of a quick 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 quick. I've just got to succeed I've got to succeed I've got to succeed it's like actually doing all the bits is also success yeah yeah yeah, and it is. It's just changing which metric you're using to measure success. Yeah, right. Making it the smaller things um, rather than just, yeah, the big outcomes. So, for example, I've just I've just launched a Patreon account for the Anti-Hustle Project. And every time I put, like, a post out online or send an email that's like, oh, I'm doing this new thing, you can join it and you can pay. If no one signs up, obviously, the in- instinct is, oh, I'm useless, I'm a failure, why has this not happened? And I've had to completely reframe that and be like, it's asking is the thing to celebrate. The fact that you actually went out there and said to someone, I'm selling this thing, will you buy it? Actually, that's the big bit. Yeah. Whether or not anyone, I mean, it'd be great if people did, but I need to be proud of the bit that I can control, yes. which is the asking, the putting it out there, because it is a scary thing. Definitely, it really is. Because you're putting your whole self out there, particularly when yeah. it is your, it's your baby, it's your... Yeah you know it's part of you isn't it and it's like that is actually really terrifying yeah yeah and selling yourself I think is just a terrifying skill and again it just no one really talks about that like Mm. to to sell stuff online you have to be willing to really put yourself out there a lot and ask a lot and it takes a lot for because people don't see everything so for you it feels like you're kind of constantly badgering but the other people probably aren't seeing it that way Mm. That's it. it's very one-sided so you have to be able to keep going and that's yeah. yeah yeah and that's also I guess about you know you were talking about that kind of voice that's like oh this is a failure it's like the yeah. inner critic isn't it like yeah and you've kind of started to reframe that is that yeah. something that is quite challenging and like how do you sort of try and coach yourself into doing yeah. that uh, yeah I mean it is really challenging and there are days where I can kind of, I can coach myself and I can remind myself that, you know, the reasons I'm doing it and that, you know, all these things that I'm learning and trying to, you know, like about focusing on the process and the small steps and and things. And then there are days where I just, I cannot, I cannot do it. And so I, I will, normally I'll just tell my husband, I'm like, this is what the voice is saying. And he can kind of, and then just like putting it out there kind of helps. I think the more you try and keep it in your head, the worse it gets. It spirals. So I just try and get it out. Yeah. And and then just say, this is what's happening. And I know logically, I was like, I know logically it doesn't make any sense, but like emotionally, that's the feeling. And that's what I've come to realize that actually it's having someone that you can say, this is how I'm feeling. And they can kind of feedback that's not true and, and kind of support you in the process is key rather than trying to just hold it all yourself yeah yeah and do you think it's a lot of these like negative like inner voices come from the fact that doing this work is actually sort of like well it's yeah like you talk about anti-hustle culture yeah it is kind of going against the grain which makes it harder again yeah yeah I I've come to the belief now that anyone that is willing to do their own thing, to really honestly stand there and be like, I'm doing what I want to do, like are doing an incredibly hard thing mm-hmm. because society doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. And we're not educated either that way. You know, you're very much educated to fall in line, do as you're told, um, you know, keep the peace. Yeah. And so it is really hard. 
and I say now, I was like, it seems mad to me. I think we're in a position with the world as it is where we need more people to think differently and step outside the box and actually make differences to the world. And yet we're teaching everyone to not do, to do the opposite of that. Yeah. Kind of conform and stay in their lane. And so, yeah, it is really hard to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that you talk a lot about sort of like slow living and yeah. what does that sort of look like for you now? Yeah. Well, yeah. So for me, it's come to the point. So I, I, I refer more to kind of slow growth rather than I don't fall into the traditional slow living movement like most, you know, kind of when I look at slow living online, I don't resonate with it completely. But for me, it's about finding a way playing the long game so whatever you're trying to achieve accepting that the achievements is valid if you do it in six months uh, a year six years like it's it is the journey it's the process it's it's focusing on those small steps rather than just being like well if I haven't achieved it straight away I must be a failure and it's accepting that you know it's okay for things to take more time so I think we do live in a culture that want everything now Mm. and we want to achieve everything now and you want it you know so it, with the coaching business it's like I want to be f- fully booked straight away I want to be you know I want thousands of people to read my blog instantaneously <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want 50,000 people ma- mailing this from one opt-in you know and <laughs> just like yeah. being like no no that's fine if, if I get 50,000 people eventually great um and it's for me so it's like knowing that you can take your time to achieve stuff has been the real key because then if I am feeling a little bit tired or my mental health is suffering I can kind of sit down and say to myself well I don't need to achieve this right now so I can it can wait and that's fine because what matters is coming back to it not yeah so it's like kind of just just persevering which then allows me to take more time to kind of rest like that's my big thing I'm quite introverted I'm a highly sensitive person I need downtime I need quite a lot of downtime a lot more than society would ever give me and I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so drawn to working for myself because I can take a day when I need it and just kind of switch off everything and just be with the dogs and just like chill sounds like Um, heaven it is it is (laughs) it is like yeah like yesterday afternoon I took the dogs out for a like a walk for an hour and we didn't see anyone and it was just me, the dogs, in the fields, listening to the birds, and the sun was shining. And, like, moments like that, you're like, this is why I put myself through working for myself. Like, yeah. so I can take my afternoon and go and, like, stand in a field by myself. Yes. <laughs> and be really antisocial. So. Yes, yes. I love that so much. Honestly, yeah. that does sound like heaven. Yeah. Um, but I, I saw that um, you recently posted about the gym and kind of body yes. image and yes. I was interested to know how that sort of ties in with your whole sort of anti-hustle ethos yeah so a big thing with me with the anti-hustle project now is realizing like it is doing things your own way it's not just following the advice blindly and the gym is another place that's come up for me uh in the past so my husband really into weightlifting he like in competes at it loves it oh, wow. like heavy weights he's really yeah and so when I met him and you know he's super fit super healthy and I have some oh you know I've had my health problems with my chronic fatigue syndrome I looked at him and I went there you go weight training strength training that's like the answer to all my health problems <laughs> totally put all my power outside of myself yeah. I was like okay I need to weight train. Got on the internet, like found weight training programs. Like, yeah, do the heavy lifts, squats, deadlifts. I'm there. But again, highly sensitive person. I just was killing my nervous system slowly by like trying to conform to this thing that didn't suit me. And I'd keep, and you know, all the advice is like, don't do too much cardio, do high intensity training because that's you get the same benefits for less time. Like, everything's compress it how to get more time you know how to get more value from the gym from less time so you'd be doing like your 20 minutes high intensity training then banging out your deadlifts and that'd just be exhausted Mm. absolutely exhausted and it created this kind of peak and trough 
effect where I'd like work really, really hard and then have to like, I'd just, I would say I'd just, it'd get to a weekend and it might be six weeks, seven weeks. And I just spend the whole weekend crying mm. just like in my house, just like, why, what is wrong with me? Why does everything feel so hard? And then after my two days crying, I'd get up and I'd carry on again. And I'd, I'd followed the same pattern, oh God, for like three years, I think. And I suddenly, I suddenly, again, when I got ill, I was like, I cannot weight train. My body has like physically shown me that I'm, I'm stressing it out to the point that. And so I just went back to going and doing what I felt I could achieve. Yeah. And again, it was the process. And now I go to the gym and if I can only do, you know, 20 minutes on a bike, great. It's the going. It, and I don't have a program and I'm not looking to increase my one rate one rep max every six weeks or whatever it is you know it's not this constant striving and that and you know I go to the gym more and it's more consistent and I feel better and like coming back to said like my mental health is better for it and I've actually finally reached the the, the holy grail isn't it is I I can tell I need to exercise and I want to exercise whereas before it was always like bullying myself into the gym Mm have to go because you have to exercise because it's good for your health and you don't want to like die young and you can't just sit around on in a desk on an office job all day because you're you know all these health you know because they love scaremongering and 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 it's like yeah the moment I took all the pressure off I got there it's so it's like when you actually think about all of these things and you say them out loud they are ridiculous aren't they the way that we live our lives the way that is normal in inverted commas, for us to live our lives is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like I think it is. I do. I look at how some people, you know, some of the choices people around me make, and I just think, why? <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? Like, why would you put yourself in a job that means you work that much? And you know, we we know people that you know earn really good incomes, but they can't spend it because they're just always working. <laughs> so they just have all this money, and I'm like. But what for? I say this to my husband a lot. My husband's um, always been much more driven about earning money than I have. I've always been quite chilled about it. Mm. And so he'd always be like, I want to, and I'm like, what for? What do you want this money for? And he could never answer. And I'm like, but money's a tool. It is a thing, you know, the point of it is to use it, just not to, I mean, yeah, people, I mean, you need savings. I'm not saying don't save stuff. I don't think you should spend all of it. But I think there comes a point where if you're just earning money for the sake of earning money, I'm like, why? Yes, yes, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, earlier you you said about um the weight training was like another way of just putting all of like focusing externally. Yeah. Rather than like tuning into yourself, it's like, yeah. why also are we obsessed with that? Why is it so terrifying for us to actually focus on? the inside stuff and like yeah. tuning in rather than why are we always tuning out yeah I mean I think for me the big thing was kind of I I just didn't trust myself I think that's the thing I think I'd been I, I can't talk for everyone but I feel like I'd been educated and my experience my past experiences have told me that I just wasn't to be trusted you can't make decisions for yourself you cannot be trusted so when then things went wrong you instantly go well, it's me I'm the reason why it's going wrong. So therefore, I don't know what I'm doing. So I have to look to other people to tell me what to do. And so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if I think for a lot of people, it, it starts there. That just they simply don't trust that they know what's best for themselves. Because mm. I think, again, it's a thing society kind of, you know, not encourages, but it does perpetuate that narrative that you mm. don't know what's best for you. And that someone else knows what's best for you. Because it's a great way to sell stuff. So... <laughs> um I think that's the thing but yeah I mean I've always been quite I've done always done quite a lot of like looking inwards but for me it came from that yeah just I didn't trust okay what it was so I'd look inwards and I'd be like I hear what you're saying but I just don't believe you (laughs) I just (laughs) yeah 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 and there's such a self-help culture now yeah 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 and they love and I think I think it's human nature, isn't it, to try and want to be better or the best version of yourself or Mm. to kind of, you know, we all are 
from an evolutionary perspective, we're driven to want to fit in. Mm. So then you to fit in at the scale now with, with social media that exists is just insane the amount. You know, once upon a time, fitting in was just fitting in with your neighbours and the people around you. And and there's very small scale to your community, whereas now it's like a global fitting in. And so that does drive you to look at what other you kind of we are naturally wired to look at what other people are doing and compare ourselves. And so it is it's quite hard, like I said, to go against that because it is so just instinctive. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And on those days where. There must be days, I'm assuming, that you kind of feel like, do you know what? Oh God, I really have to, I have to work X number of hours today, or and you're, yeah. the hustle is starting to like heat into your world. Yeah. Like, how do you sort of try and manage those feelings? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like the hustle for me still comes in when if I take an afternoon off and that voice comes in and says like you haven't done this you haven't done that you need to um you need to be doing this stuff and then I try and just look at I, I do kind of try and approach it very logically of like yes I do need to do those things they will get done you know I keep a bullet journal I'll write down all the stuff that's in my mind so I don't forget it and yeah like, I can do it tomorrow and I think I think one of the things that helps is, is just knowing and it's not always easy but like capitalizing on my productive times and my less productive times actually embracing that okay so I'm so much more productive in the mornings so then I can kind of I don't know if it's just tricking myself but if my brain's like you should do this you should do this I'm like yeah well I'll do it when I'm most productive so that'll be tomorrow morning like I can take my afternoon it's fine okay yeah like knowing how I work yes and is that taking time for you to actually give yourself space to actually figure yeah. that out yeah and also just I think you just you need to start doing it because I kind of, you know, I, I, when I started my own business, I was like, ideally, I just want to work mornings. I don't want to work afternoons. I'm not very good in the afternoons. I Like, why not just use that time for other stuff and then in the mornings be more productive? And then with the coaching business, it was like, no, have to be available all the time, have to be keep doing it, keep going. And like I said, that made me ill. So it was like, mm. well, that's not working. And so with the anti-hustle project, I've just kind of sat through some of that uncomfortable feeling just to prove to myself that nothing terrible does happen if you leave it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, you know what, that's, that's sort of like exactly what it is because I feel like that so much. Like yeah. even, it's all my own, it's my own things that I've written in my, on my to-do list. Yeah. And, you know, I might have scheduled something in my diary, you know, write yeah. this on this day. Yeah. And if I don't do it, I feel terrible. Yeah. And no one is te- no one is expecting me to do this other no. than myself. Yeah. So what, I mean, it's just, yeah. is it just that we're so, it's so ingrained in us that it's about doing and delivering? Yeah. Is that what that is? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I find this, again, it's one of those really fascinating things that I kind of, I'm very curious about at the moment is I think there's a really fine line between not putting too much pressure on yourself to deliver, but also actually showing up. Yes. Because it, in terms of building your confidence and your self-esteem and, you know, if you said you'll do something and you do it, I think that's really great for your confidence and for your sense of, again, like trusting yourself. Yeah. But it's like, where's the line? when do you show up and do it and push yourself that little bit because anti-hustle isn't about not doing the hard stuff like still do hard stuff it's just get the balance right so that um because yeah, i've had this conversation with someone else and they're like well is anti-hustle just being lazy and i'm like no because it's 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 not just not doing anything like I said, it's like you're pursuing something meaningful and so you are you know i do think it's, you can be quite ambitious but still not want to work every hour that you know you have in a day and so yeah I'm like so what how do you know the difference between when you do push yourself to show up and when you don't and I don't have the answer yet I'm still like Mm. trying to figure it out for myself because sometimes I don't I think oh I don't want to do something I don't want to do it right now I don't and then I sit down and start it and by the end of it I'm like I'm so pleased I did that like that kind of boost it gives you Yeah. yeah it's very it's very tricky isn't it yeah yeah. And I think it's also, you know, maybe when you, you are creating your own thing, 
it's sort of harder sometimes as well because you're the only person that beats you up and I think yeah. we beat ourselves up more than anyone else ever does don't we you know inside yeah 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 always always the harshest harshest critic will be yourself <laughs> for anything you do and I think especially if you're creating content it's so easy to just be like this isn't good enough and it to look at you know um the numbers and statistics and what other people tell you they're doing and feel like a complete failure but it's all internal it's not yeah 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 it's and it's learning to kind of I guess it is always for me it comes back to that like what metric are you measuring yourself against and so is it going to be how many people say listen to your podcast or is it going to be the fact that you come back and do it and you and you you know and you enjoy it and you kind of the process of it and yeah that's for me with the critic stuff I'm like does it help me is it helpful to be that critical Mm. it's like probably not no and I like that about the enjoyment thing yeah you know we should enjoy what we do yeah I mean obviously you're not going to enjoy everything but there's never an emphasis on enjoyment is there yeah no no, and that again is, you know, like I I started the Anti-Hustle Project because I knew I wanted to keep blogging and I didn't want to, it was mostly at the time, it was like, okay, I cannot have this coaching business, but I really enjoy the writing still and I want to do that thing because I enjoy it. So let's start a platform where I can write and we can just see where it goes. Yeah. So I didn't, even, I didn't even know if I was definitely going to make it a business or if it would just would stay like a enjoyment thing. But, you know, I still find myself, yeah, looking at my Google Analytics, being like, oh, not many people read it. Why am I doing it? You know, what's the point? And I have to be like, you started it because you enjoy writing. So just like focus. It's okay to focus on that. It's okay to do something you enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's that's another thing that society has kind of hammered out now. Shouldn't, you know, doing things for pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Do things for pleasure. (laughs) yeah it's like you have to be seen if you're not being seen what's the point don't bother or planning on monetizing it yeah 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 Yeah. definitely um and I also wanted to ask you about um sort of about privilege I guess yeah and because I talk about this with my partner all the time because our goal both of us is that we want time yeah we want to work we either want to do things that we enjoy, yeah, or that spend our time doing things that we enjoy, or we want to work as little as possible to earn what we need to earn to live, and yeah. that's it really. And we always go around in circles like, is is that a privilege? And you know, is this yeah. like anti-hustle life available to everybody? And yeah. I don't know, what do you think? I mean, it's a really good question. I, I I try and be really really open about my financial position and the fact that I am very privileged because my husband's business has been very successful and so he can cover all our expenses and I know that gives me a a bit of leeway that a lot of people probably don't have you know people need to pay their bills they need to earn money so whereas I'm sitting here being like take your time and explore and the thing I always come back to is I'm not telling people this is how they should live their life (laughs) I'm just saying these are the things for me and my um but I think the thing I've come to realise over the last kind of six months or so that living anti-hustle life to some degree is, is a mindset thing more than an hours thing. Like I was actually, when I first started it, I was really obsessed with like how many hours I worked. Okay. And it was like, it was very much like, oh, I only want to work 20 hours a week. That's, and what I found is like, I think it is important to have the boundaries and, and enough space but you can work way more hours than that and still be anti-hustle. And like my husband is a good example of that. He's um he's actually just closed his business to join. Uh, he's founded a new start, like a new company, which is like a big, rather than being just him, it's a big company. It's a, it's a proper startup with oh, wow. investors. And yeah, but a lot of people think we're mad because when I talk about it, they're like, oh, is that more money? I'm like, no, less money. They're like, more uh, less hours? I'm like, no, more hours. I was like, so okay. he's actually going to work more. For less money, but it's still anti-hustle because he's doing what he's really passionate about. Yeah. And he could have kept doing his business, but he had this opportunity to do this thing that felt really meaningful to him. And so he was like, no, I'm going to do the meaningful thing. Yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, no, that is, 
anti-hustle that's yeah. like how can I be meaningful and do and, and it's asked that question like did we need all the money he was earning not really so could he take a pay cut and we could still have a good quality of life yes we can yeah and like I, I from my personal experience I've found more often than not like Dave and I were spending so like uh, spending so much money when we lived in London and so if I'd looked at what our outgoings were then, I would have said, well, there's no way I could quit my job. Mm. But our outgoings reduced dramatically when we stopped working in such stressful environments. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because I do think the more stressed you are, the more you spend. I totally agree. And so, and that's still, I think there's still going to be a subsection of the population that just aren't even in that position to be like, well, I'll spend a bit less. You know, they will need to earn their money and just earn but then I'd say, you know, there is a point where, like you said, you can work out your budget and earn that. And that's OK. Yeah. And that's what no one seems to say. Like, it's OK to earn what you need to pay your bills and what you need to save for kind of to be secure. And then beyond that, it's up to you. Like, yeah. Like, do you need it? Yeah. Do you want it? Yeah. Do you and... want it? And what does it mean? If you do want it, does it mean that you actually won't be able to spend as much time with your partner or your yeah. children or yeah. whatever and that's, are you and prepared to do that yes yeah. or no yeah and that's it and it always for me it always comes back to about knowing yourself and like you said what your values are and like I said being introverted and highly sensitive I know I need about yeah about a day about eight hours a week I reckon of just downtime by myself with no stimulation and so I couldn't, I just couldn't work a nine to five Monday to Friday job because weekends are not free time, are they? Like, no. that's when you do your socializing and you're visiting family and you're, and I was like, how, the only way I really am going to have got that time mm. is to, to create a, a work environment where I don't have to work full time. And that's even, you know, in my previous business where I was office based, I only ever worked four days. I was just very clear that's what I wanted because I needed that day for myself. I didn't tell them that's why. I was like, I need a day to go and sit in a room by myself <laughs> being quiet. But I was just like, this is what I want to work. And I made the financial adjustments accordingly. But that was my choice. Yeah, yeah. I really like what you said about understanding your values. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of the time, especially when you're younger... I think it's easy to fall into a career and therefore take on the values of the people around you. Yeah. And it's only when maybe you get a bit older and you realise, well, this is my experience anyway, like, actually, this isn't me at all. Yeah. And kind of have to strip right back. Yeah. And then start again almost and be like, no, what actually is important to me um, in my life and actually those xyz things that I thought were are really not and they're actually making me unhappy or they're making me ill and I just don't think we really spend enough time thinking about that stuff because yeah it's kind of assumed that we all want the same thing isn't it yeah yeah and I think there's not you know the big thing for me so I was I I guess I I feel slightly more of an outlier you know I probably had a better idea of who I was and what I wanted when I was younger I was always a very defiant child okay Um, stubborn to the core did lots you know when again when actually you would go a lot of what my teachers would say you should do this and I'd ignore it and do what I wanted to do and I kind of always fell on my feet and it was fine and I went all the way through my education educational experience actually just kind of trusting myself and so actually I had I had it and then it was that kind of loss of identity and going out into the online business world I think was the bit that just tore it apart completely right and I think that's because no one talks about the fact that, oh, that you, you change and you evolve and what you really value when you're in your 20s. You might not value in your 30s, 40s, 50s and things. Life does change. Like that is so inevitable. You will yeah. not be the same person. You know, I'm not the same person now. I even was when I started the Anti-Hustle Project. Yeah. It's about 18 months old, if that. So, you know, and I think we get and again I think this is kind of where we're taught to be one thing and one thing only Mm. and that for me is like well what you it's not it's not possible to be one thing only all the time no you do change yeah and so your values will change and I think that for me is one of the hardest things of just realizing and accepting 
like you have to know your values and then also know when they've changed and and be Mm. okay with pivoting yeah and I guess that's about maybe you need the space to kind of check in with yourself don't you I mean it sounds a bit of a cliche but like if you're living this hustle life all the time, it would be yeah. very easy to just keep going because when is there the headspace to be like, yeah. oh, hang on, I don't know if I actually want to do this anymore or if yeah. I like this. It's just like yeah. you're just on the spinning wheel, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think what happens is you stay on the spinning wheel until something drastic happens. Yes. Yeah. And then you have to reevaluate. And my thing is like, well, can't you just, you know, how can you get to a point where you can do that before it becomes critical? So for me, it was like, how can I get to the point of my life where I don't spend one weekend every, say, six weeks crying in a heap on the floor for like two days? Because that's not a healthy way to live. And it just, I look back now and I think, God, I really thought that was just like, I was just living life how life was lived. And I felt like, like I said, like a failure because I was like, why can't I just do this? Mm. And I I think, well, why should you just do this? Yeah, right. said. And, um. Yeah, getting much more back to my roots of being more defiant. <laughs> I like that a lot. I really like that. So what, I know I'm talking about goals now, but what would you like, or where would you like to see the Antiasa project go? Like, and you talked a bit about education and I don't know, like, do you see it sort of evolving into lots of different things? So I... I have like a million potential ideas of what the anti-hustle project could be. Um, I think often when you, if you're the kind of person that runs an online business, ideas is not something you're short of. Yeah. You think, oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could, (laughs) yeah. Oh, yeah. And like one of the big ones. I don't think I'll do it by myself. I was like, if I had unlimited funds, I'd love to do an anti-hustle conference. (gasps) That would be like. That would be so cool. Yeah. But I don't don't want to be the person organizing it. I just want to like. Rock up. The brand that rocks up on the day gives like a, an opening speech and, and enjoys it so i'd need yeah. you know enough money to like have staff to arrange it for me but i think that'd be really cool yeah but the thing i come back to with all my ideas actually is this this idea of i started it because when i was really really drowning with my coaching business what i needed was someone just to say it is hard it does take time you don't have to do it the way everyone else is doing Sure, it might not make you rich instantaneously, but like you can do it in a sustainable way. And it just wasn't there. Mm. I just couldn't find it at the time. I just and like I said, everyone was putting on this front of like, it's amazing. We have all these clients. Everything's happening. And so it comes back to that needing space to be like, I want to do it differently. I want to be really open about the fact that it's not always easy. And that always then leads me back to this idea of actually building community yeah and and actually a space where people can come and just say i'm really struggling with this and actually have other people be like yeah it's hard i struggled with that or um and just sharing the experience and when you moved out of london did you really feel like you were going to be living the dream when i moved out of the city that was the dream it was to have the dogs have the quiet like have time to cuddle them and enjoy them and like take the walk them on for walks and I got sucked into like this online mad hustle culture and suddenly my dogs were like a burden so it was just like oh. interrupting it's like oh my god I have to go walk him now I haven't like how can I do that quickly because I've got to get back Shit. I haven't done this I haven't done that. and and it's like Ruth you literally did achieve what you thought it would take your entire adult life to achieve and you've done it by 30 why are you not happier and like you said it's about being content mm. that's where now I'm like no I'm content I've, I've I've done, you know, I've got this thing that I really, really wanted and I, w- I should enjoy it. Yeah. I hate the word should, but, you know, that's, I think we, 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 we all achieve amazing things and completely discount them because we're already looking to the next thing. Oh, massively. And so, yeah. Massively. It was like what I was saying earlier about I just had my little girl and I was like, okay. shit. What, what am I supposed to be achieving right now? Yeah. It's like, you've just had a fucking baby. Like, yeah. try and enjoy your child or yeah. like embrace these moments. I mean, it was hard. She cried a lot. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah. I was struggling to even be present yeah. with her. 
because my mind was constantly like oh my god like I'm taking so much time out um I should be doing this you know like oh oh yeah I mean I I think it's not really called that but I think the hustle culture pressure in parenting now is next level um because it is it's you're expected to bounce back really quickly and just like be have this perfect child and the goal is to get them you know to sleep as quick it's like the goal seems to be to get back as to get back to your normal life as quickly as you can yeah post having a child and I'm like but it's not your normal life anymore yeah well you've got a different life and why it goes back to the thing about like accepting change is inevitable yes and what's wrong with that what's wrong with being like well I'm here now I've got a child I'm going to create something that sits suits my new situation rather than trying to force my new situation back into my old yeah yeah it's very true actually very true so I'm now I'm really trying to embrace like I started reading um the power of now because I was like god I'm just so my brain is constantly like in the future or you know my anxiety was like getting really really intense as well yeah and um it's just awful it's because I'm I'm never like I'm really trying it's so hard like I'm really trying to be more present yeah but it's like my brain is constantly wanting to like pull me into yeah the future world that I'm yeah that doesn't even exist like I said the mindset stuff's really hard because you are going against the grain and that is really difficult but it's worth it yes Oh, I love it, honestly. Please keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I will keep going as best as I can. (laughs) Amazing. And yeah, thank you so much again for agreeing on just my random email. It's like, hello. It's like one of the one of the best things. Anyone listening to this, (laughs) and if you really enjoy it, email Amy and let her know because one email from someone saying I really like what you're doing is worth like a thousand million likes on Instagram or whatever it's just so it's the connection is so much more valuable than just people hitting a button yeah and that's one of the things I've come to realize I feel I feel so much more you know if ever I doubt like what I'm doing it's things like your email the things that make me go no that's yeah keep going yeah there are people that are saying this is what I'm interested in yeah um and yeah, not getting hung up in like, I don't have 10,000 followers on Instagram, but that's yeah. fine. All right, my love. Thank you so much for your time. That's right. It's been lovely talking to it's you. It's been really lovely chatting to you. I really hope you enjoyed that podcast episode with Ruth. Um, if you did, please rate, review and subscribe in Apple Podcasts. And if you would like um, to hear more from me um, in terms of my everyday thoughts, experiences, musings, um, as well as my work as a life coach, please follow me on my Instagram or you can head over to my website. All of that information as well as the details on how you can connect with Ruth will be in the show notes. Okay, I will speak to you next time for another episode of the Learning To Be podcast. Thank you.